Disclaimer. All views expressed on this podcast represent the host and his guest, and not the companies or agencies they are associated with. This is Tony's Game Lounge World Tour, a podcast with a variety of guests from all over the world talking all things in the gaming industry. Here's your host, Tony Erickson. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another brand new episode of Tony's Game Lounge, the World Tour season. I'm your host, as always, Tony Erickson, and joining me this week, we have a returning guest as we head back to Mexico and are once again joined by Ponage. Hello, everyone. It's been a while. Huh? It, it has been a while. Hello. It's good to hear from you again. I think the last time we had you on, it was season, I want to say it was season four. Um, honestly, I'm not quite sure. It's It's been a while. It has been a while. What's new in your world? Oh, well, I mean... Uh, as I mentioned, in some places I started working and I've been continuing on on my Japanese learning journey. So that's what's mostly been happening in my life. Heck yeah. That's awesome to hear. Well, it has been a little while and I think we will do actually a refresher for this season with the passport check. Um, so why don't you give us your favorite game, character and soundtrack? Funny enough, it's actually kind of nice that we're doing this again since the favorite game has changed. Now that Xenoblade 3 is out, we've gone from Xenoblade 2 to Xenoblade 3, so <laughs> that's kind of a small jump in the favorite game, I guess. Um, as for favorite character, um, that probably has also changed. It's been quite a while, and I've got the chance to replay Nier Automata, and honestly, um, Tubi is quite a good character. <laughs> As for the last question, OST, now that's quite the hard question, huh? So it is. JRPE OSTs to choose from. <laughs> I guess I could say Xenoblade 2 probably still holds that one. Alrighty, alrighty. And uh, there is actually one thing I did want to bring up, because I know that last time we talked about JRPGs, and since last time, because I know we talked about the Tales series, Tales of Symphonia is getting that HD remaster. What are your thoughts on that? So, as much as I like it, I honestly cannot say that it will be the definitive version just because Steam added the remote play together. So just the fact that I can play it with friends on Steam makes that the best version. But I can also see how having it on, like, the Switch might help with that issue. So it's quite nice, honestly. Yeah, very much so. It's That was really cool. That whole Nintendo, that was a pretty big... Nintendo Direct as well. Yeah, it, it was honestly quite nice, other than the repetition of uh, RPG farming games. Everything was quite nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that it was. Uh, but what is it? I mean, I guess depending on who you are, what wasn't so nice is our headline of the week, Stadia, which is I, I kind of it's funny because last week with Abiku, we talked about Stadia a bit and kind of like the lack of things that we've been seeing for it. Well... It's shutting down. It, it's happening. Uh, the official shutdown date for Google Stadia is January 18th, 2023. They are offering refunds for the Stadia itself and all the purchases you have made on the system. However, this doesn't apply if you had the like the pro subscription to get you free games, I think. Yeah, I believe so. And uh, if you have Stadia, it, save data in the game in games that support cross-progression... Make sure you transfer that over because you can keep that saved data. 
for those who didn't know, the system uh, was released back in 2019, so it wasn't. It hasn't even been five years since Stadia has been out, and yeah, it's just kind of crazy to see that it is gone. And uh, also, currently, the shop itself, the Stadia shop, that's shut down already, so you can't buy any more games on Stadia if you, well, even if you wanted to. <laughs> I mean, why would you if it's gonna get refunded like <laughs> two days later? Now you can. Uh, as for the refund process, there are a bunch of articles online that you can look up as uh, that Google has explained, and basically everyone's covering how you can get your money back from this cloud service. And this also begs the question of what's gonna happen to Amazon Luna and other cloud gaming services that are just like strictly the cloud. I mean, if I can give my opinion on it. I'm Absolutely. pretty sure those are also going to close and it's probably going to feel about the same where you don't even realize how long it's been because in a way I was surprised that it's been so long, but in a way I also re didn't remember it was so old. So I just thought like, well, it's been about a year and a half, maybe two, but it's been longer since it released. <laughs> yeah, it's been three. <laughs> you were off by a little bit, but yeah, it's still... It's funny. To, it's funny to see this. And uh, the person, the the guy who created Stadia, I can't remember his name, but he's the one who kind of jumped ship of Xbox because he was at, there at the launch of the Xbox One, which had a disastrous launch. And it it, it it showed like a history of everything that this guy's touched, and it's like not a great track record. Yeah. It, also, I don't know if you've heard about the news uh, from some streamer that had like six k hours in in Red Dead Redemption 2 online and he was playing on Stadia so he was about to lose everything. I don't know if Rockstar has responded for a solution or something. Well, I mean, if if as long as it has cross-progression, it he can, he can uh, save it. Yeah, see, that's the issue. Oh. He, oh, he basically no. needs Rockstar to actually make that happen before oh. Stadia shuts down. Well, uh, Rockstar has a couple months, but with the recent leak that happened at Rockstar, I don't know if it's going to happen soon. Yeah, I doubt it. Yeah, uh, so rest in peace, uh, that six-year Rockstar uh, Red Dead Online file. But yeah, uh, Stadia is going away. We barely knew ya. The I, I, I guess we're just not ready for cl full-on cloud service yet. Yeah, the, it's pretty much really hard with how the internet differs between places. Some places have great connection, others don't. It's quite a toss-up, honestly. It really is. Uh, and now it's time for us to look back at what else happened this week. It's time for us to dive into the week in review. Covering news from the world of video games, TCG, and board games, this is the Week in Review. And to kick it off, let's look at some of those game releases that, hap that came out this past week. The Legend of Heroes, the brand new Legend of Heroes game, Trails from Zero. Uh, I know that a uh, friend of the podcast, Gail the Cloud, is most likely excited for that. Oh, he has been playing it. Oh, he has been, he playing. Has been I, playing I, I, I figured, I figured he, he would have been. Uh, so glad to see that. Uh, FIFA 23, that was, I guess, one of the big releases this week, if not the big release, featuring Ted Lasso and the entire cast of that making it into the game. And what my personal favorite from this past week was Tunic is out again, 
on the PlayStation 4, 5, and the Switch. And I'm playing it on PlayStation 4, going for the Platinum Trophy, because I love this game a lot. I got all the Steam achievements. I'm going to do it again on the PlayStation. It's just that much. It's so good. So, funny enough, I, I want to mention another game release, which is only for Japan, but there's also the Legend of Heroes uh, Trails to Kuro, I guess. I, I cannot translate that, but the second in that part of the series also released the same day as Hero. Oh. And that was Japan only? Uh, well, I do believe it might have released in China, but it takes like, okay, so a couple like, extra days for the translation to come out. So maybe by the end of today or tomorrow, something like that. Gotcha. So basically out, 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 uh, far, far east of the world. Yeah, in Asia. For any viewers that might be able to play in any yeah, of hey, those languages. If, if any of the Tony's Game Lounge listeners are out in Asia, hey, let us know if you're playing that uh, Legend of Heroes game. Uh, in the video world of video game news, let's start off with some Pokemon news and more like music news in a sense. Ed Sheeran, he put out his brand new song, Celestial. The music video is part animated and it features a bunch of Generation 1 Pokemon in the video. And they also announced, Pokemon announced, that the song's going to be used in Scarlet and Violet, which is crazy to see that pokemon's actually going to use a proper song in their game yeah it's definitely something new i didn't quite expect that yeah i wasn't expecting pokemon to do that we've seen uh, but then again it's i wonder if my theory is i wonder if sonic frontiers maybe inspired pokemon to do this with them showing off their brand new their ending song for sonic by one okay rock a very well-known japanese band I wonder if them using like an actual song and not just like Crush 40 again is like a bit of an inspiration for Pokemon to be like, hey, why don't we just make that Ed Sheeran song that we're collabing with part of the game? I mean, it's definitely been becoming more common that the games use like songs from other artists. Which is also really cool because it's starting to show video games as more of just as a way for big artists to like put their stuff out. Yeah, but it, it's also scary for any content creator since there's all the DMCA uh, stuff. Ah, yeah, you are right about that. Yeah, DMs, good old DMCA. Then just free up the DMCA, then give us the licenses for that in the game, where as long as you're playing the game, you can listen to the song. That would be nice. Uh, but hey, we also got more Scarlet and Violet news, and it's called Wiglet. Um, I'm, I'm honestly surprised how that went past... Uh, quality checks. <laughs> I, I, I don't know who approved that. Like, I, I, I like it, but why? It's, the, the, uh, why? The Garden Eel Pokemon, Wiglet, based off... If, if its name sounds familiar, yeah, it's very... It's not related to Diglett in any way. People thought, oh, look, it's Paldean Diglett. Nah, it's a whole new species based off the Garden Eels. It's white, got a pink, bright nose, and little derp dot eyes like Diglett does. And it can extend itself longer than Diglett, though, out of the uh, ground that it's in. So I can't wait to meet a uh, wig trio because, you know, it, it's got to have an evolution like that if it does evolve. I I'm just honestly surprised that they saw what happened with the Alolan Executor, which became a meme instantly. And <laughs> they did the same thing again. And it's a it, meme yeah. again. Long boys, baby. Long boys. 
Um, we got some Fortnite news and probably one of the weirdest collaborations with Fortnite. The goat from Goat Simulator is getting put into the game as a skin. It's buff. I mean, I, I don't know what to expect. They've basically added just about anything. There's Naruto, there's... There's Goku, goat Simulator, there's, no, there's no there's, there's some, uh, I believe, there's Avengers collaboration from a long ago. Avenger, yeah, Avengers, DC, I think... When's, at this point, it's just like, okay, when's Sonic gonna get it on this? Honestly, who knows? Um, for, well, seeing as they did Minecraft and Roblox recently, who knows? <laughs> True. Um, and some party game news. We, I think we've now got the official release date for Jackbox Party Pack 9. I don't know if it was released before, but hey, later this month, October 20th, you'll be able to play Jackbox Party Pack 9, which is super exciting. I'm excited for it. I love all the Jackbox games, and I cannot wait to see what the ninth one has in store for everybody. And then we get to some weird news. Uh, the very popular game that's taken the world by storm, Trombone Champ. Well, it, it got a lot of things. It got two specific things. Someone made took their old trombone and taped their controller on it to, uh, and modified it so it can use motion. Yep. And uh, they made that. a trombone controller for yep. Trombone Champ. I, I don't know. I don't know why, but that's not the weirdest controller I've seen. And at this point, I'm not surprised it's being done. Yeah. Uh, and there's also a VR mod out for it now as well. So you can combine the two together and you can you can actually just play the trombone in this wacky ass game, which uh, it's really, really, this game is hilarious. I love every little thing about it. In some delayment news that we have, Ubisoft, they have once again delayed their upcoming pirate game, Skull and Bones, uh, to 2023 now. I believe it was set to come out this holiday. They've moved it to next year now. Which, again, when it comes to delayments, I'd rather that they delay it and make sure that the final product works than put out hot garbage. Don't want to get the No Man's Sky and... Uh, cyberpunk treatment exactly um in a brand new game uh trailer released ea and koi tecmo they released a trailer for their new game that they're working on together wild hearts a monster hunter type looking type game which is interesting to come from ea from a for a publisher standpoint uh so i'm excited to i'm intrigued and i want to see more of this now, not that I'll play it, because I'm not a big fan of the Monster Hunter series to begin with, but it's always interesting to see new stuff like this. Yeah, it's it's quite interesting. There's not much competition in that area, so let's see what something new might bring to the table for Monster Hunter games. Yes. Uh, and Netflix News, they are uh, starting up a brand new first-party video game studio for Netflix. Uh, so they can start developing more games for most likely their mobile app uh, or their 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 the Netflix gaming service. Um, so they've now started up a new studio, which is cool. It's their fourth studio that they own altogether now. And then in uh, some, some some wacky news, good old Saudi Arabia wants to spend thirteen billion dollars to buy a leading game publisher. I'm honestly not sure how that would work because. If the studio is big enough to be worth 13 billion, 
would they really sell out like that? I feel like, I mean, I feel like, honestly, if the Microsoft uh, Blizzard deal ends up getting revoked, Blizzard should just go to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, in Sony games coming to PC, Sackboy, A Big Adventure, that's the next one to to move over to PC and not just be a PlayStation exclusive. Uh, and that happens later this month. Uh, in some more modding news, Metal Hellsinger has made free modding tools to help you make levels with any type of music from ska, jazz, or whatever else you would like to make. So that's really cool. Really dope to see that from Metal Hellsinger. And uh, our last bit of video game news. Oh, it's a heavy one. G2 Esports CEO Carlos Rodriguez, he has stepped down after he shared a week a video of himself a week ago partying with alleged human trafficker, rapist, and overall terrible person, Andrew Tate. Uh, currently, Andrew Tate is under Romanian investigation for those uh, alleged things. So, honestly, um, as someone who sort of follows the league scene and seen the beginning of G2 Esports and everything like that. In a yeah. way, it's kind of weird to no longer have Carlos, but honestly, for most people, including me, I feel like that's sort of a positive since he's not really seen in the most positive light before this situation. Yeah, I don't follow the esports scene, but usually anything with Mr. Tate, it doesn't seem good. I mean... Kind of not surprised knowing how he is as a person, but it's, I guess, sort of weird to no longer see him yeah. there after all the years. It's just, I, I feel happy that I can sort of cheer for G2 now, but <laughs> at the same time, it's kind of weird that one of the few original uh, CEOs and owners of one of the original esports teams in the leagues well, he's now gone, so what happens next for some of the OGs? How long was he CEO for them? Or how long has he been a part of G2? Well, so he used to play for another team um, until he basically re sort of not retired, but was no longer at the best level. So he created his own esport team, uh, which was G2 Esports, and he made the team, played in the team. Uh, he was basically on the league before the like actual professional league. And at some point, he changed from being a player to the CEO, and that's when G2 actually entered the, the professional scene. So I believe it's been like six years, six, seven years, something like that. And now he's gone. Yep. And he also lost the Valorant spot, so that probably hurts Ooh. as well. Ooh. Salt in the wound. Well, it is what it is. Uh, that's it for video game news. Moving on to the world of TCG news, starting off with Pokemon, the Charizard Ultra Premium Collection that drops later this at the end of this month on the 28th. The Mew VMAX League Battle Deck comes out November 11th, and so does the next major TCG pack, Silver Tempest. And next year, March 2023, the Scarlet and Violet base set drops with a whole bunch of new Pokemon. 
I'm honestly surprised that they already announced the base set. Like, I know the game's already going to be out this year, but it feels so surreal to see the the base set already announced. I mean, it's still going to be like, that's what, four months away from when the games come out? Uh, four, five, something like that. Yeah. So it's still a good amount of time before it actually comes out, but the fact that we know it this far ahead is pretty... pretty, it's, pretty it's, 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 it's different. Something. Yeah. Uh, in the world of Yu-Gi-Oh!, starting off with our Master Duel updates, the Xyz Synchro Festival has come to a close, and a new Solo Gate has dropped as well, um, and so has a new accessory, a new Duel Mate. Um, so you can get all of those. I know that I'll be doing that uh, later in this day, probably. <laughs> uh, as for the TCG, the Battle of Battles of Legend Crystal Revenge, that's out right now. Darkwing Blast comes out later this month on the 21st. The Dark World Structure Deck comes out December 1st. And the Dark Magician Girl accessories drop on February 9th, 2023. And in the world of Magic the Gathering, the Warhammer 40k Commander decks come out next week on October 7th, and so do Unfinity, which I believe are the new parody cards that they're putting out. The Pioneer Challenger decks for 2022 come out November 4th, and the Brothers War drops November 18th. And there are no uh, board game news this week. And that is our week in review. Anything to add on anything, uh, Ponage? Um, so when we were going through the news, I remember that Boneworks, uh, the VR oh, yeah. game, uh, actually had its full release this week. So that also came out this oh, week. Oh, that's sick. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Boneworks, I believe it was, I want to say it was, uh, I want to say those guys from, Corridor Sorry. Digital worked it's on it? It's called Bone Lab. Uh, Bone Lab came out uh, this week, which is, I believe it's made by the same guys or something like that, because it looks quite similar and it looks quite good, actually. It's uh, a really dope looking VR game. It's like one of the most like one-to-one VR games out there. So if you haven't tried it, like check it out. It's really sick. Yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm so ready to test it out uh, maybe later once it goes on sale. It's, it's so, it looks so good. Uh, well, that's everything for the week in review. It's now time to jump ahead to see what's coming out this upcoming week. Here's what should be on your radar for October 3rd through 9th. From AAA titles to upcoming indies and random shovelware, here's what's coming out next week that should be on your radar. Uh, it's a pretty short week this week for what we got coming out on no game releases on the Monday Uh, on Tuesday, Dakar, Dakar desert rally comes out for everything. And so does overwatch two because overwatch one is now dead. They've, they've killed it. They've killed all the servers is, is gone gone. forever. Overwatch two. If you wanna, if you wanna play Overwatch again, give Blizzard eighty more dollars Canadian, or don't because I, I wouldn't. I would stop giving Blizzard my money. Honestly, it's not worth it. Uh, on Wednesday, Deathverse Let It Die makes its way to the PC. It came out last week on the Playstations. On Thursday, Near Autom- Near Automata: The End of Yorha Edition makes its way to the Switch, and Triple Take comes to the PC. 
And lastly, on Friday, No Man's Sky comes to the Switch and Superpower 3 comes to the PC. And that's everything. It's a really short week for games, but uh, I know that we're going to be picking it up uh, later in October and also November. Uh, as we yeah, still November have is going to be stacked. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. Any thoughts on any of those games, Ponage? Um, so specifically about the Switch edition of Nier, I do believe people have been saying it runs quite well. And for those of you who haven't experienced the game, it's honestly quite the amazing game. It's almost a masterpiece. Well, alrighty then. Uh, good to know. I, I know that I still need to play Nier one day. Yeah, you I really need it. to. It's, I, I, it's there's so a lot good. of games I really need to play. But yeah, I'm too many games, to, so little time. Too many games, and I'm addicted to Final Fantasy 14. So <laughs> that, that's have just to my keep that addiction to get you into some good games. But I can't. I just finished the award-winning Heaven's Ward, and I now understand why it's award-winning. We gotta make you understand why Nier is award-winning. <laughs> but there's Nier in Final Fantasy. There's yeah, a collaboration. I know, yeah, I've seen that. But have you ever thought about knowing why it's there? What it means? What does it mean? What does it mean? Anyway, uh, play near. That's what we're getting at. Don't be like Tony. Be like Ponage. Uh, with that, I think it's time for us to dive into what we're talking about. Here's what we are, here's what we are talking about this week in the Game Lounge. Covering a variety of topics with his weekly guests, Here's what's going down this week in the Game Lounge. And uh, to kick it off, our first topic of the day uh, is gaming and language. Uh, specifically, a big thing of learning a new language while playing video games. So, um, first of all, I wanted to like sort of mention... Uh, so, the big reason why it's so interesting, like this topic is so interesting to me, is that Originally, back when I was a kid, there really wasn't an option to play the games in Spanish. Um, so I was basically forced into it. I remember, uh, and probably most of the listeners won't remember, but last time I was talk talking about how I learned with Pokemon. And I mean, it's not even like I chose to do it. It basically was forced into me because games would only come out in English. And how how long did how long did that like go on for like what what if you remember like the year or like around what year it was that you started to notice that you could start so to play? honestly it probably started happening like halfway through the PS3 Xbox 360 and Wii uh, era where suddenly games started to like maybe have a translation to other languages like I don't I don't know for like German and other languages, but I do know that slowly we started to like, maybe this game might have a, a Spanish translation and this one might also have it, but it was very rare to have one. Do you remember what game it was that you first noticed that? It probably was Pokemon, the first one I noticed, because most games, uh, I know you probably won't notice since I don't know if you speak any other language other than English, but most games like don't usually even have a translation, and when they do, it's usually hidden. 
Yeah, it's well, usually hit I it with the Deoxys remember, tab. Uh, Gen 6 for Pokemon where you start the game and it asks you what language you want to use. Yeah. That was like the first time I noticed and it, it made me question like, huh, I really haven't noticed, but most games don't even have a Spanish translation. I, I, don't, I don't know if I've ever used one just from that fact. Yeah, it's very wild to think that's like, because uh, with Pokemon, like now whenever you start up a modern Pokemon game, it'll always ask you what your language is. And it has like, what is it? It's like they, they have it in like 10 languages. I, think. Um, I believe it's mostly uh, eight languages or well, nine in a, in a sense. English, Spanish, French, Japanese. German, Japanese, German. but like simplified. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but. Uh, there's like the full-on Japanese that uses the kanji characters, and then there's like a Japanese, one but that just only uses the hiragana and the katakana. Yeah, and then there's like Chinese and traditional Chinese and Korean. Oh yeah, Korean, I do yeah. know there's those. Yeah. So I first noticed it there, but I know that if I go back a bit, there's quite a, a few games that started doing it before that. Yeah, it, with a big thing with like games back in the day, it's they were mostly appealing to either you you have games that are appealing to either the Western or the Eastern audience, which is why a lot of games back in the day just kind of stayed in Japan because they didn't want to translate them. For I the mean, most, part. most games all still only stay in Japan for like JRPGs and stuff like that. They need to put them out. They need to bring them here because there's some there's some Japan only games that I do want to play. Actually, like going back on what I commented about the Kuro game for the Trails uh, series. Yeah. Um, that series is kind of what I've been focusing my language learning on at the moment, and it's such a mess in terms of the languages. Um, as as I said, um, as you noticed, there's. Trails uh, from Zero, I believe it's the yeah. English name, uh, that just released here. It released after 12 years, and before that there was only a fan translation, which is actually what's being used for the official version. Oh, I don't know if wow. you knew that. Um, I did not know that, no. And it took 12 years for the game to officially release in English. And... For the newer games, we're behind actually three games now with the release of Kuro 2. So if you really want to follow the Trail series, you basically need either Chinese, Japanese, or Korean. Wow. And what makes matters worse is, um, so I don't know if you talked about the Nisa debate uh, the last couple of weeks. No, I don't think we have... Okay, so basically to make like a summary of it, um, NAS America um, owns the rights for the English and Japanese versions of the Trails games on this side of the pond. Uh-huh. But for, uh, for some reason, um, if you try and get the PC version of the newer games, which as I've mentioned are in... Chinese, Japanese, and Korean, you can only really get them on Chinese and Korean on PC. Ah. And for that reason, there's a, like, there was a fan translation, just like Zero and Assure, 
for the newer games. Well, uh, about two weeks ago, they took that down. So Ooh. now you're really stuck with either Chinese or Korean, unless you want to import the PS4 Japanese version. Wow. They're, they're really pulling a, uh, a Mother 3 here. <laughs> I mean, they, they already had almost no goodwill from the community. And they actually, the only amounts of goodwill they had, they earned from helping the fan translation from Zero by making the fan translation into the official translation and paying them a, a bit for their work. But with this, they basically lost any and all. Like, They're like, hey, goodwill. thanks for that. Now uh, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it's it's honestly that's 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 got that's gobby. That's just yeah. that, well, people just want to play the games and they don't want to wait so long for you guys to translate them. I mean, at this point, you might as well just learn one of those languages because you're probably gonna get the games faster than <laughs> waiting for them. And so that it's, brings up the question. Uh, my uh, my my next question to you is, uh. Do you, do you have you played like these types of games like in Japanese or Mandarin or Korean? And so, how well have your actual lessons in Japanese helped you with that or vice versa? It might depend on the game. For Pokemon, I like I haven't finished it either, but I was playing the Gen 4 remakes and it's honestly not that bad like yeah, there's some words I don't know, but for the most part, I've been able to play it and having zero issues and understanding what's going on. For the Trails game I've been playing in Japanese, it's it's quite an experience, I'll, I'll, I'll say that. And <laughs> I pretty much search multiple words per sentence. I have to check the grammar again. It's honestly a lot harder. Yeah, um, I can kind of speak for myself a little bit because I've actually... Uh, taken my i've actually finally started to take my japanese lessons a bit more seriously and by that i mean i'm actually using duolingo like every day to on for like 10 to 30 minutes at a time maybe uh to do stuff and yeah grammatically that's where it kind of gets me the most because it's with how they form their sentences with the the language there's also the fact that there's like the really formal Japanese, which you don't quite exactly yeah. learn necessarily. And there's also like the casual Japanese, which you probably won't learn from a book. So you just kind of read this and go, well, I have no idea what's going on because this is casual language. I cannot find it here. And you gotta go to a, um, this, there's this series of like dictionaries, which is three dictionaries that are just grammar dictionaries for Japanese. Oh. So you just go into the dictionary and hope you can find it there. Otherwise, you go to youtube.com slash joeytheanimeman and hope he has a video on casual Japanese talking. <laughs> I mean, it's honestly quite hard when it comes to it. You basically gotta hope you can understand it. Thankfully, in my case, for the trail series, there's like these page called uh, Trails in the Database, which actually has like all the dialogues in Japanese and then right next to it is the English translation. So oh, that's cool. When I get stuck, I can actually search for it, but 
yeah, it's quite hard. Yeah, I I, I bet. Um, have you used any other languages uh, aside from like your Japanese and Spanish, obviously as well? Have you done in like any other languages with uh, the video games you played? So funny enough, um, there has been uh, some games where some characters speak German and. I know some German from when I learned it back in high school. So usually seeing that it's kind of fun like to hear it, even though sometimes I cannot fully understand what's being said, but it's been there sometimes. Um, what about, uh, I, I guess this kind of adds on, uh, I guess this really mostly affects Pokemon as Pokemon doesn't really have dialogue per se, as it's mostly just you're reading the language and the reading the letters in the text box um but what about using uh subtitles in another language and watching and listening to the audio in english so funny enough uh most games actually don't allow you to use japanese subtitles they only allow you to use like english subtitles it's it's kind of sad like it would help me a lot in cutscenes to actually be able to use Japanese subtitles, but for whatever reason, I don't know what part of gaming or what part of the CEOs choose this for the games, but most games I've attempted to play don't allow you to use Japanese subtitles, even if they allow you to change the voices. Now that I think about it, though, it's like the only times I've ever really seen like Japanese subtitles are very specific games. But for some reason, it's region locked. It's so dumb. Like yeah. they region lock the different subtitles. Because uh, the way I've been looking at Xenoblade Three, because I wanted to like maybe see if I understood some of the lines, I would have to actually search Japanese people playing it to get Japanese subtitles. Like it's, it's annoying. That's, yeah. That's honestly kind of like we talk about accessibility in games a lot and language is like probably one of the biggest things for accessibility. So why not be able to, let's say you're a person learning English in North America and your first language, let's say Japanese, it would be nicer to like, you could have the game audio in English, but then, and have your subtitles in your native tongue so that way you're like oh that's what they're saying even though so that way it's kind of like you kind of get your best of both worlds of learning your learning the language that you want to learn by hearing it and then seeing on the screen what it actually means yeah and the worst part is for some reason this isn't even just a game issue like this also happens for any series and anything you want to find for like any sort of uh, video and audio media it's always an issue like for some reason companies believe that subtitled languages should be region locked and you're just stuck not being able to use that to learn I think that's just kind of ridiculous with, especially with how big video games have gotten nowadays and like the scale that they are with like how many people play them. I think that region lock and we're still region locking an aspect of these games. And we don't even realize that there were being region locked out of it as well. I mean, for the most part, I understand most people won't be using them, but for the few people that might be able to use them, 
I mean, even if it was like an extra download, kind of like how the Japanese voices for Senoblade 2 were an, a different download, it would be so nice to just have that option. Yeah, it definitely would. It's one of those things that when you know English, you don't really realize since for the most part, every game comes with like English subtitles. But when you try and use like another language, you just sort of can't. It's not there. Yeah, and I guess I've kind of become like a little numb to that because I, I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan of the Yakuza games. Or I guess I should say Like a Dragon games now as uh, yeah. the, the, the next couple of installments are just Like I mean, a Dragon. It, it's always been Like a Dragon. It's I mean, just yeah. had a different name here. And just a different name here. And now they're... I, I don't know why they decided to change the name after naming one of the games Jakusa Like a Dragon. Exactly. So that, that what is that? Now Like a Dragon, so Like bad. a Dragon? And the worst part is, what do we call the game now? Like a dragon, like a dragon. <laughs> exactly. And like, is it, God, is it Ryuga Gotoku translate to like a dragon as well? Yeah, Ryuga Gotoku is like so a dragon. It's, it's like a dragon, and, like a dragon, developed by like a dragon. And you know <laughs> what the worst part is? Uh, that's Jakusa Seven uh, in Japan. It actually has another subtitle, which would roughly translate to Whereabouts of Light and Darkness. They yeah. could have perfectly used that. They could have just named it Jakusa well, Seven. See, and here's the other thing uh, that we that uh, Yaku- like every Yakuza game from I think three onward has like a proper subtitle um, for it. I believe or is so. It, I think it was. It's either three or it's. I know four and five and six, and we only ever see it in the West with Yakuza Six, the Song of Life. Yeah, yeah we only had it on Yakuza Six here in the West. Which is so annoying. Yeah, because I believe Yakuza Yakuza Five it had something to do with the. I think it was like the power of the dream or something like that. Can uh, it had see. it, it had the word dream in it. it. Let's actually. I actually do want to find this as well. Fulfiller of dreams is the name for five, and four was the successor of the legend. Three had no name, so it okay, started so it was, with number four. It started with four. So yeah, four, five, and six, and then seven of light and yeah, and it's it's like the name makes a lot of sense because when you play Yakuza Seven, especially like in the later chapters, you really start to understand those themes of light and darkness between Ichiban and I'm uh, spoil Ichiban and um, his uh, I guess bro- his brother in a sense. Yeah, he's um, his sworn brother, I guess. Not it's not his sworn <laughs> brother. It's just it was. Um, Oh, what was the? His, I mean, I uh, haven't really played seven, so I cannot say what it is. It was uh, who was the the his, his, Ichiban's like mentor, the guy he looked up to, his his birth son. So like, kind of brothers, but not really. I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. Actually, speaking of Yakuza, they finally brought the Judgment games on PC. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm quite surprised about that one considering that the reason why they hadn't uh, come to PC and the reason why the series got cancelled was caused by the agency of the main character's yeah, actor the... not allowing it. So now it's here, and w- what happens next? What happens next is I'm pretty sure they're like, here, take this money, we're going to put the games on PC, bye. <laughs> but will they continue being cancelled? 
I, I don't know. I would love to see one more Judgment series, Judgment installment, but with all the drama that's the... Uh, the actor in question is like the the body actor of Takayuki Yagami, uh, not like the voice actor. It's like his actual physical yeah, it's actor. Like his actual body, which is the issue. Yeah, it's his body that's the issue, which is which wild they, to say. They they basically didn't want it on PC because they didn't want the game to be modded. Which speaking of, there's already mods for the game. There's already mods. There's a mod for the first Judgment that restores Captain yeah, the, Hamura to his original actor before they went with uh who you see in the main game which was yeah. a singer which was a singer in japan yeah i i i i found out about the mods because of that mod specifically same <laughs> actually i believe they mentioned something about the languages in the jacuzzi series when they announced the name change do you remember what they said about it I really don't. I kind of just scrolled through like the cliff notes of the, their big hour-long presentation. Yeah, because I just remember like Jakusa Seven is the first game to actually get a dub. So no, it wasn't. Uh, Judgment was the first game to get a dub. Well, I mean, like in the main Ma- series. In, uh, in the main series, yeah, Jakusa Seven was the so first one to get a dub. With the change in name, will they keep doing dubs or will it? They go back to just Japanese because I do believe they mentioned something about that. They so. mentioned that Ishin is staying pure ja- Japanese and not getting a dub. Yeah, I'm guessing that's what's gonna happen. I'm sh- I-, I bet you that for Like a Dragon Gaiden, it's just gonna stay as Japanese as well. Yeah, so there goes the hope of people wanting to use that to learn English. I mean, I mean here's what I will say though. As a guy who has watched the Like a Dragon dub, it's honestly better Japanese. It's I feel like this is one series that you should just keep it in Japanese. I mean, how many games are the? Can you actually say that they're better in the dub? Like honestly, in my case, the only ones that come to mind are Xenoblade One, which like is quite a different dub from from literally any other game yeah and maybe persona which like i only prefer it because that's what i'm used to but i'm sure that the japanese voices are better but i can actually tolerate the english yeah they they did a good job with it I, i feel like that that goes into another conversation of like dub qualities for video games that are originally done in japanese that's quite a different conversation. Maybe another day. Maybe another day. <laughs> definitely maybe another day. Um, is there anything else you want to add about language within video games? Um, just mostly that I hope one day I can actually choose my subtitles. <laughs> one day. Uh, well, with that, then it's time for us to move on to our second topic of the day, which is uh, Mexico. Gaming in Mexico and kind of just what's on the horizon for that. So... To start this off, what has changed within like the Mexico gaming scene since you were last on the podcast? So, um, most people won't remember. Um, so, just like to get a starting point, um, PC gaming was kind of decent and console gaming was doing okay. However, it was slightly like overpriced. And well, with the corona, with all of this time that has happened with COVID and the new. Uh, console generations it's only gotten worse 
it, it's quite a lot more expensive now. So how much of a price increase was there? Um, so it went from being like um, between, depending on the game, because that's another issue. It really depends on the game. You used to pay like 70 to 80 bucks for a game, like a new release for console. Nowadays, it's basically 95. Oh. And unlike like Canada, which, yeah, it's way more expensive, but at least you guys kind of have a higher earn rate than us. Right yeah. here, we, we basically get paid almost nothing. Uh, if, if I go back to when, when I mentioned I started working, I'm basically getting paid uh, 300 US dollars per month and games are 95. Oh my, what the fuck? That's Jesus Christ. That's wow. That's such a difference than what, because up here in Canada, like our average games, as I've talked many times before, our average is looking at the 70 to 80 range. And then like digital deluxe versions, like that gets up mostly up to a hundred, but that's like the norm for like anything. Yeah, and that's mostly and then, because of taxes. Yeah. And then in the US you're looking at sixty bucks a game. Yeah. And over here we're just paying ninety-five. And honestly, the worst part is it's probably the cheapest price in the whole entirety of Latin America, since most other countries down there don't usually get official support. So they have to import the games either from us or from the U.S. So you pay that and you then pay that, that and then the extra, extra costs of like price. the difficulty of getting the games. And then you notice that even though Mexico doesn't earn like the typical Mexican doesn't earn as much, people below us usually earn even less. That's that's so fuck. That's yeah. That's a harsh reality check to hear, man. <laughs> I mean, hey, at least looking at the bright side, if you're into PC gaming like I am, you can still get games kind of cheap since Steam knows about regional pricing. So nice, good old 60 to $65 games. That's that's good. So like, because the, the these $95 games are mostly what you would find at... Uh, like for consoles. The, the, yeah, for consoles. That, what you that's find the at, issue. Like, if, you're, if you're playing on consoles, you're absolutely getting destroyed. But if you're playing on PC, you can at least sort of get the game at, at a decent price. Biggest issue be, being, well, you need a PC and you need to download the game. So good luck with that. Yeah. And I remember I remember last time you, we talked about like what GameStop in Mexico was like. And it's not called GameStop. It's G Game Galaxy? It was Game Planet and Gamers, which funny enough, uh, due to the pandemic, they sort of merged. So that also got worse. Now there's only one store. Oh, that's that's a yikes as well. Yeah. So now, now they're you're really kind of just monopolizing on the one location as well. So funny enough, due to the pandemic, we lost both uh, the fact that there was two game stores and we also lost Best Buy. So now if you want to get a game, you either go for Amazon, which is what I do, since they usually offer the cheaper prices. You can usually get them for like 70 bucks or you go for basically the other store and well that's that's your options good luck I, I, my mind my mouth is like gaped open because i'm sorry you lost the best buy yep 
What? And, and you know the funniest part about that? What? What's they that? had record sales that year, but because it wasn't record sales in Mexico, they decided to close. So it's like, what? well, we sold a lot, but it wasn't in Mexico, so we're out. What the f- What the fuck? What? Oh my god. Yeah. I was not expecting to hear that today. Whoa, wow. Yeah, so now it's Amazon and basically Amazon unless you want to get scammed. Yeah, and as for old games, uh, I do remember mentioning this place called Plaza de la Tecnología, which is basically like this huge building which has just like a lot of uh, like small stores uh, in parentheses because it's just like, well, you, you got this space, you can sell whatever you want in this space. It's basically a market, but a bit more formal. And, you know, since COVID raised the price of used games and there was a lot of, of a higher demand, those places have, have been not only having to sell the games for a lot more, but there's a lot less games since they can't quite exactly get as much as before. Oh, yeah, because it's like, well, we can't really buy, buy the games off for the price you want. Yeah. Because we also got to make the profit off of it as well. Yeah, so it's it's been it's been quite hard for any um, any console gamers. Thankfully, other than the Switch, they don't really gain much on console, but yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, and now COVID, COVID, so here in Canada, uh, COVID is mostly... Ended. We've lifted the travel restrictions. Uh, we just recently removed the uh, Arrive Can app for Canadians returning into the country. So, um, how is uh, Mexico's COVID uh, situation looking? So, for the most part, it's been the same. I mean, we are missing basically the fourth booster shots, which should have started like this month or maybe end of last month but other than that it's been quite decent like we haven't been getting the uh, cases like most of Asia is getting right now everything has been going back to normal however prices haven't so so much for gaming with where everything's going where do you think things are trends are gonna go for gaming in Mexico so honestly, I can probably say that PC gaming is going to be at its biggest and console gaming will probably end up on life support in here because paying $95 per game over that already overpriced console that you're buying, plus if you ever need another controller, it's also a lot more expensive here. You'll probably see that console gaming here is probably going to decrease a lot. So a very, a, a heavy future of PC gaming and Amazon orders. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it like, it kind of sucks because I know a lot of people prefer to, con uh, to game on console, but I mean, it's almost becoming impossible to afford it. Uh, is there anything else you want to add on this at all? I mean, the only other thing to add is, with the departure of Best Buy, 
we did have one small little advantage that basically a lot of people were able to get into gaming due to how you know when a store closes they usually just sell everything for cheaper well good old clearance sale well the clearance sale for best buy had like some of the biggest lines i've ever seen (laughs) it it, it was something else like um maybe if i find a picture later i can send it to you but the lines were so bad that they were actually like outside the mall lines like because over here most best buys were inside malls so they would start inside and get all the way to the exit oh my god yeah that was quite the day i remember talking to people and they were like yeah so i was in line for like five hours just to buy like whatever they were buying (laughs) but a lot of people got like really cheap switches like for what was it, like 150 bucks or something like wow, that, that and good. the ps4 was like 200 that's not that's not bad that's yeah not bad at but all. unfortunately as i said it came with the negative of well we're losing best buy yeah we're losing best buy but i got a switch <laughs> yep anyway it's time for us to now move on to our final segment of today's show uh and let's jump let's just jump into the bonus level Community Q&As, a look back at gaming history and your achievement of the week. Here's this week's bonus level. And uh, starting off, we got our community corner where members of the Game Lounge community can input their take on a podcast by asking us video game related questions within the official Game Lounge Network Discord, uh, which a link to is in the description of the podcast. And we do got one question uh, this week. Bit of a last-minute question because I had a very busy work week unexpectedly. Uh, we're both actually we're both myself and Ponies are kind of running on little to no sleep, I guess you could say, uh, as yep. we're recording this. Um, and I feel like this question just kind of I'm gonna go for it. We're gonna take the question. It's from our boy, actual trash PhD. He has a doctorate in trash. What would you do for a Klondike bar? Honestly, I'm gonna start by saying those aren't really. A thing here. Really? Yeah, I I do know about them because I've seen the ads and I've gone to the US and seen them, but over here they don't really exist. So that's kind of a hard question to answer. Uh, Well, I I feel like your answer would be just go to America for it. Yeah, I'd I'd have to go there. So (laughs) I guess that. Uh, I don't know. I would do the main story quest of Final Fantasy XIV. Because the running joke is, I I've only been I've been doing like all the side content. Yeah, hey, I, I I know that guy. I've done that in in Xenoblade Three. <laughs> main yeah. quest. We don't uh, do that uh, here. Yeah, honestly, uh, with where I am in the story for I I honestly by now with the amount of time I've spent in FF14, I would probably be like near the end of Stormblood, if not the start of Shadowbringers by now. Honestly. If I didn't do But why would we do that if we can do, but the why side would we do that? We, ex- exactly. You see, you understand. Argic, who was on here f- four weeks ago, even he said to stop doing the side content. But you see, Ponage gets it, guys. Ponage understands my mindset with this. There's I mean, no change. playing Yakuza, not doing the side quests. Exact, exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Imagine playing a game and not doing the side quests. Anyway, uh, that's our that's our uh, 
community corner. Of course, you could you yourself every week can be a part of that. Uh, just look for the weekly post and comment under it and join the official Discord. Uh, moving on to this week in gaming history, here's what happened in the past from October 3rd through 9th. Starting off on Monday, 2014, Nintendo released Super Smash Brothers for the Wii U and 3DS in North America. On Tuesday, 2005, Atlas released Trauma Center Under the Knife for the Nintendo DS in North America. Wednesday, 2010, Square Enix released Final Fantasy The Four Heroes of Light for the Nintendo DS in North America. That one, I, it's actually one of the few side games I do not know about from uh, yeah, Final Fantasy I series. also don't know about it. I've heard about it. Haven't played it. <laughs> Sounds interesting. I'll ask uh, Mr. Trashman later about it because he probably knows. Uh, on Thursday, 2006, Sierra releases the Scarface The World is Yours video game for the PS2, PSP, and Xbox in North America. On Friday, Eidos released Backyard Wrestling Don't Try This at Home for the Xbox, PS2, and GameCube in North America. On Saturday, Capcom released Beautiful Joe for the GameCube in North America. And what a banger. What a banger indeed. And on Sunday, 2012, Bethesda released Dishonored for the PS3 and 360. Uh, the achievement this week uh, is in FIFA 23, it's safe house. Play a game using any house rule in foot friendlies. And the game of the week, because I uh, really do not like Blizzard, it is not going to Overwatch 2. Instead, it is going to Dakar Desert Rally. I approve that message. <laughs> and that is another episode of the podcast in the books. Ponage, thank you so much for coming on again. Thank you for inviting me. And uh, where can we find you on the internet? So, as you mentioned last time, probably nowhere, and that hasn't really changed, but you'll find me hanging around, whether it's at Emerald Stream, Dawn's Stream, Sabex Stream, or maybe even sometimes at Tony's Stream. Very true. <laughs> that is very true. That is where you can find Ponage most of the time. Uh, as for myself, uh, of course, Radio Tony on Twitter, and Tony's Game Lounge everywhere else, Instagram, Twitch, TikTok, just search me up. Uh, you'll find quality content. Um, and because we're in spooky month, spooky games. I'm not looking forward to it. I'm playing Amnesia this month and I want to die. Hey, at least it, it ain't the PT. <laughs> True. And also, hey, uh, we reached 200 followers on Twitch. So thank you so much for that. Um, because of that, we're actually going to be getting back into speed running as well. And I'll be... Returning to Sonic Adventure 2 Hero Story runs to go for a top 100 time. Should have been Dark Story for the spooky month. <laughs> but, but Hero Story has the spooky boss. Yeah, but Dark Story has um, Edgy Shadow. And Hero Story has Pumpkin Hill. I'm not going to lie, right now I cannot remember the, the stage names for Dark Story. My brain is fried. I mean, it has Skyrail, which is Pumpkin Hill, but it's daytime. But that's not spooky. It's daytime. So, uh, which is why Hero Story wins in this in this one instance. But yeah, uh, Ponage, thank you for coming on once again. No problem. And uh, thank you for listening to today's podcast, the listener. Be sure to like and share the podcast. 
and uh, tell all your friends. Be sure to follow the podcast as well. Tell everybody about it, and we will see you next week back here in the Game Lounge where we will be heading into cyberspace as we will be joined by our very first VTuber. Bye! Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Tony's Game Lounge. New episodes release every Monday. Be sure to like and share the podcast and follow Tony on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and TikTok for more updates.